Welcome to Studio Tulsa. I'm Rich Fisher. With work proceeding apace at the Low Water Dam site in Zinc Lake, a new group in Tulsa has been asking questions about the health of the Arkansas River once the dam is in place and water is impounded. Questions have become more important given the expectation that there will be more recreational opportunities on the water. The Tulsa Area Arkansas River Advocates is a new group that have been asking questions of city officials, state environmental officials, and industry abutting the river to ensure that water testing will take place in a way that's clear and accessible to the public, that clear understandings are in place over who will monitor river health among the variety of organizations, governmental and non-governmental, involved, and that there will be a clear monitoring of industries alongside the river. For its part, the city of Tulsa says that once the dam is complete this fall, they'll have a full year of water testing and testing methodology put into place before the public is allowed to recreate at the lake. My guest today is a representative of Terra, as it's called. Barbara Van Hanken is a founding member of the group and is a longtime advocate for the environment in our community. She served for many years with the Oklahoma chapter of the Sierra Club. And she's my guest today on Studio Tulsa. Barbara Van Hanken, uh, welcome back to Studio Tulsa. It's a pleasure to have you back on the program. Well, thank you. Now, Great I kn- to be here. You've been involved in a number of projects here in our community, and most recently very much involved with the Sierra Club, but now you have a new organization that you're a co-founder of called Terra, or the Tulsa Area Arkansas River Advocates. Right. So how did this group come about, and what are the goals of the group? Well, the group came about uh, really upon... One Sunday afternoon, going down to the river, I hadn't been down there in years, no doubt, and uh, with a friend of mine who called me up and said, I want to show you something. Come down to the river. It's really, you're not going to believe what's going on down there. And I said, well, okay. And so we went down there, and um, what we were looking at from the, like, the 35th Street view going north was this construction starting? Well, it already had started, yeah. but it was they were moving great mounds of earth and rock and everything around. And you could, we continued to follow that with photographs and, and videos because it was just this enormous reconstruction of the river. And it was alarming, frankly, as an environmentalist. <laughs> you know, what are they doing? How are they? Was there an environmental impact statement done, you know, so that... Well, they did some environmental statements, didn't they? They had to do that for the construction permit from the Corps. I have not found one yet. Really? Well, my understanding is they did file environmental impact statements with the Corps of Engineers, and they had to get Corps of Engineers approval for the dam. Mm -hmm. So my understanding of your organization is you're really... Focusing, this is a done deal at this point because the dam it is, is. the dam is going to happen. It is. So you're looking more at the water quality of the yeah, of, of Sink Lake now that it will be impounded uh, once again. Yeah, as a native of Tulsa, I was born here and raised here and still here. Uh, I used to go down on the riverbed when I was young, which was, you know, in the fifties and sixties and. Yeah, it was a place where we could go and relax with the family and we just dink around in the sand and, and, and make a family event of it. And so I have fond memories of the of the river from that standpoint. And um it just was puzzling to me I that this was 
approved without everybody understanding, you know, the the size and the scope and the range that this event was going to be and how many years we've already spent and it's not going to be open for another year. Every year they kind of add another year onto it. But that's that's okay. It's a big, huge project. So water quality was one issue that I felt we needed to know about because this is an event place that they're creating and it's a recreational, primarily recreational So that means people were going to be coming down and using the river at least as much as they'd been in the past. They would assume that that would be available to them Yeah, my guess is that the whole purpose of the project is to use the river more. Exactly. And uh, it will be for definitely boating, Uh uh, at least non-motorized boating. Right. And you'll have the uh, sort of a formalized uh, shoot area for kayakers and the like and right uh, on one side which is always informal uh, next to PSO's plant yeah. so you're definitely looking at people on the water yeah uh, in perhaps a, a more systematic way than it was before right and uh, therefore it seemed logical that one would be doing uh, water tests in the river in that 7.32 mile curve that we have uh, where we found out there have not been doing any regular comprehensive uh, water testing. Comprehensive in that it doesn't just, it's more comprehensive because we have two refineries mm-hmm. that we need to be watching the hydrocarbons that are being released into the river. And have a handle on that because I'm very concerned about what it will do to young people who will be in the water, et cetera, and people who have illnesses and so This isn't something they need to be exposed to. The other part of it is the bacteria content, which comes into the river. And um, we did finally get a hold of a report from the city of Tulsa that they are testing the tributaries that come into the river. They are not doing any testing on the river itself. Now, my understanding is that it is being tested as it comes into sort of the Tulsa area. I believe the city is saying they do stormwater quality testing tributaries, but also I thought also on the river upstream and leaving sort of the area of Tulsa. They're not? No. There's not. Now, there has been water. They may be getting it. They may be doing something, but they are not releasing it to the mm. public. Yeah. And transparency, in my idea, it needs to be happening. Other cities have rivers running through them, and they're very responsive to the citizens because they feel like, you know, they need to protect the citizens. If they are building something there, it needs to be, you know, not harming anybody. I don't think that's in anyone's best interest. And so that's why um, that water quality is important. But along with that education about water quality comes the fact that they have permits that are given from the federal government. There's different agencies that do that. And um, we first got into this on um, because they had two RICWA permits 
a couple of years ago, we went to a meeting because they have to have public meetings for these permits to be uh, renewed. And so um, we went to this first public meeting and we got about 12 people to go with us and they they were not prepared. <laughs> they, uh, ODEQ wasn't there and this is really their meeting and they didn't show up. And uh, the one of the gentlemen from um, Holly Refinery showed up and uh, he was he said, well, I I, uh, I thought everybody knew you know, <laughs> what this was. And all we were there was to ask questions to find out what they are doing and what, you know, so we could understand. And those permits are, are in place to uh, allow the refineries basically to discharge uh, certain pollutants into the river. Right. The and, waste and pollutants the, yeah, into the, waste, the river. Yeah. And uh, so, as I understand it, one of those permits are already overdue. Is this correct? Yes. One of them is over a year overdue. Uh, and the other one is getting close. I really haven't kept up with that second one to, to make sure where it is. We kind of run them together, but they really are two separate ones. And why there's two, I there's speculations because there's two refineries. Maybe right. that's why. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Well, you know, of course, along the river from, say, Sand Springs, through Tulsa, mm -hmm. you have a lot of industry. It's not just the two refineries. There are that whole West Tulsa. Uh, there's historic industry PSO. On, on the Sand Springs side. Uh, well, and, and just a lot of chemical producers over in West Tulsa. Some. Uh, yep. yep. So I'm wondering, does the city have a good handle on what is actually going into the water or the Department of uh, uh, Oklahoma Department of Environmental Quality? From my point of view, what we've tried to do is find out the answers to those questions. And I haven't seen that they are very responsive and very knowledgeable. But this has been going on a long time, so I'm assuming that there is somebody there who knows. One of the things was trying to find out who would be responsible for testing the water in the river. We had to go through several water agencies throughout the state of Oklahoma and because one person would say, oh, no, we don't do that. That's not our uh, organization's uh, job to do. And so you need to go talk to these people over there. And then you go and talk to those people over there. And, oh, no, it's not us. We, it needs to go down to somebody else. And so we just got this runaround of trying to find out someone who was. And frankly, I still don't have one entity that assumes responsibility for the quality of the water because there's so many players involved in it. There's the Corps of Engineers. There's uh, the city of Tulsa. There's the county of Tulsa. Department of Environmental Quality. Department of, of Environmental Quality. There's OWRB. You know, it kind of goes in and out. You're, sometimes it's relevant to us and sometimes it's not. And it's just got a lot of people making a lot of decisions, and it doesn't seem to be anyone you can hold accountable. So uh, getting back to the purpose of uh, Terra yeah. uh, is basically one of the purposes to encourage the city or the stakeholders for the river to really develop a comprehensive water testing regimen. Absolutely. That's, really, that would be 
wonderful if they could do that. But there's it's two parts. One part is doing regular comprehensive testing, which means, you know, four times a year, you know, every twice a year, find some regularity within the testing. So it isn't just if something is concerning, we go out and test for it, and then we don't test anymore. We want a regularity in the system so that we know what's happening there. And then they need to be reporting it to the public. There is, you know, we used to have signs along the river where uh, they put up no swimming signs and caution signs about to the fishermen, you know, don't get in the water and all of those kinds of things. And I don't know when that disappeared, but it disappeared several years ago, well before this construction started. And uh, maybe... Before that last big, the flooding in mm-hmm. in uh, 2019. 2019, yeah. So it's like, well, we're now we're not we're not even we don't care, you know. We're not going to tell you anything about it, you know. You go at your own risk, and that's kind of the way I feel about it. That those that have the power and control that I can't pin down aren't taking responsibility for creating a recreational area that's going to be safe for the public. I was looking at what the city is saying, and and the city is saying that uh, once the dam is completed, Mm -hmm. that will be certainly, there'll be a testing regimen in place. They'll be making those sorts of designations. they do say that. And and are you feeling like uh, this needs to start even while construction continues? Well, the polluting is going on now. I think, yes, so we could prepare ourselves so they can prepare themselves, so we can try to mitigate whatever we can to keep the water in the river as clean and uh, safe as possible. I don't know what level that would be at, but that's the that would be the goal. I know. I, too, grew up uh, next to the river, and I did swim in the river mm-hmm. back in the 1960s and early 70s. Right. And... It was a dirty river even then, and this was before it got well, to... Well, it's a silt river. It's a, yeah. It's a prairie silt river. That's what it is. Well, and in truth, you know, there there's industry along this river going up into Wichita, Kansas. Absolutely. Uh, uh, along uh, uh, Ponca City mm-hmm. and the like, uh, the Cimarron branch. Claw, Claw Cim- City. Cimarron branch mm-hmm. had a number of industry sites, right. uh, energy-related, mm-hmm. uh, along it. So it has never been a real clean river. But if you grow up with it that way, you consider that clean. <laughs> that's the... that's Not necessarily. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can look at it and see it's muddy or it's dark or it's dirty, but yeah. you don't know the, the chemical qualities that are in it. Yeah. Well, my guess is Barbara Van Hanken. She's co-founder of Uh, the Tulsa area, Arkansas River Advocates, and they're advocating for better uh, notification on mitigation efforts that are already underway. Uh, Say, for example, the uh, one of the refineries is is constructing uh, some containment camps to alleviate that. Mm -hmm. That is underway. And uh, they're basically advocating for the river, and the new lake that the low water dam at Sink right. uh, Lake will create. Oh, I, should, I should have brought your picture because when the water was really low, a group of us went out there on a 
Sunday or Saturday, but and we were below the uh, 23rd Street Bridge. And so the water was so low that you could walk across oh. at that point. Not that I recommend it. I don't. <laughs> I, I wasn't real comfortable being out there. But as I walked across the river, when I got about halfway across, I looked down and there was this puddle, I would say, of a very dark, greasy-looking material, which is what petroleum, they call them seeps. Yeah. They come... We don't know where they come from. If we could te- could have tested, taken that material and had it tested, and then we could compare it to the material that comes out of the refineries, it may prove one way or the other wh- whether it's coming from that refinery or not. But since we didn't have that available, but I did have pictures of it, and it's um, it it uh, had little pinholes in it, and I didn't know what that meant. And so I went to one of our members who does understand and know about petroleum and and what it looks like and how it acts, uh, said, well, that's gas holes coming up through it. And he said, probably that's methane gas coming out, Mm. which is the worst, Mm. the worst um, greenhouse gas to come out. And it, it causes more damage in our air. Uh, than um, CO2 does. Hmm. So there are a lot of seeps. You brought up the containment. Yeah. And um, that, I just want to make sure you understand that that is not a permanent. It wasn't considered a permanent solution by the ODEQ. And it's, we've seen the drawings, we've listened to them, uh, they now have to inform us because we got in on the first one. And so uh, once you sign up for that, then they have to let you know of succeeding meetings that they're having. And anything they they decide on has to be publicly presented. So we've done that with those meetings. And the last one we went to, they're supposed to have them every two months, I believe. And they've delayed this last one ever since the last meeting. But you know, it just didn't make sense. The containment cap does not make sense as a permanent solution. And I don't think we should accept anything other than a permanent solution. Mm. Uh, We're going to come back at this in another five years. I don't even think it'll take five years. The first containment cap they did that I'm aware of is the one south of the um, where the new bridge will be. Okay. Um, so it on the west side, and it was a smaller strip than the second containment that they're having to do now. The first one was maybe 80 yards, something like that. I'm not good at distances, so I might have that 80 units. I could call it that. Yeah. And um, they did put a containment cap in as a solution, and that's the meeting we were going to was a, that very first meeting. And that's what we were asking about. What is a containment cap and what do you do? And so then they had another meeting. ODEQ sponsors the meetings and then they are there to present. And they do really nice PowerPoint presentations. But it doesn't get at the root of the problem for us. It's about quality of the water and how can it, how can we have good quality water that people can get in when it's it's being saturated with oil and, and uh, waste products from the refineries. Mm. 
Now, I will tell you this. Uh, I know I've, I followed the run-up to the decision to build the, the low water dam. You know, getting in the water is different than being on the water. Now, true, you might get in the water as a part of being on the water, but nobody's talking about swimming in this river because, you know, it's, I don't think it's ever been safe for consumption well, to, to actually take, swim in you it. you take a family with a couple of kids down there, and while we were walking across that low water, <laughs> there were there were several small families down there just playing around, and they wouldn't know, yeah. you know. Uh, so I think you have to realize that you may say don't go in the water, and they may still go in the water because it, what what's wrong with it? It looks great. It's hot. I'm going to go in the water and cool off or whatever. And then you have the fishermen on the, the river as well. And I'm not sure where we are on testing the fish for contamination as well from the river. Yeah. And there are people in our city that do fish along there or did fish along there and probably will again because they need to eat. I mean, they really don't have a choice. Well, again, getting back to what the city is saying, you know, they're, they're talking about some of their mitigation efforts. And one of the things they're talking about a lot is the ability of the lake to maintain oxygen levels because mm-hmm. of the dune design. They're talking about that a bit. They're talking about testing. But it sounds like you would like to have a more systematic approach to both so that we're testing the river for contaminants and we're developing mitigation uh, strategies and mm-hmm. and basically requiring mitigation for places that are polluting in the river. Right. Now, does the city have the ability to do that? Because sometimes that's delegated to the state. Well, you mean like ODEQ? Yeah. That's always a gray area as far as I'm concerned. I would think that the city would be culpable because it's part of them and they are put they claim the the bridge and you know the, the city claims the dam. the dam right the zinc lake so um that's not a question i can answer yeah well Sorry. my guest today is uh, barbara van hanken she's co-founder of the tulsa area arkansas river advocates uh the advocates are advocating for better water testing and uh basically testing to look for pollutants in what will become the new zinc lake on the Arkansas River, which is currently under construction. Well, I know you've gone to city meetings as well as DEQ uh, mm-hmm. meetings and, and various uh, meetings that are looking at some of the containment strategies from some of the refineries. Mm-hmm. What has been the, re- just I know just in the city, what has been the reaction from the city to your group and what the questions you're asking? I we have gone to the city council with information about this, and um, they listen and then they move on. There doesn't seem to be any concern about it. Well, at this point, you know the dam will be constructed. I mean, mm-hmm. that's. I mean, I don't think I can't see any a place in which yeah. that would would not finish the construction. So. Is it a matter of they're waiting for the dam to be constructed and then do the testing or do I guess the... so, but you know they're building another dam down the road or yeah. down the river. So I would feel like it would be prudent to take care of this dam and this water before they add another dam onto the you know 
adding more dams, I don't know why we're doing it. What is it going to benefit to the people? My understanding is it creates more recreation opportunities. It's nice having in water. A, yes, in a prairie river. I know that this, I'm, I'm telling you what their argument is, yeah. is that it creates more economic benefit. It creates uh, more recreational opportunities. And even if you're not in the water, having a water body along the river is aesthetically pleasing. Uh, <laughs> just saying, <laughs> these are some of the arguments they've made. Well, you know, I knew the river before it had, we had the Keystone Dam, and I loved it. It was a prairie river, and it was fine the way it was. I don't see the, the joy in having uh, a river full of water that you shouldn't be in. Mm-hmm. And there doesn't seem to be um, the will or whatever to identify exactly what's in the water. We keep playing this dance, and we need to stop, and we need to just own up to the people. It's going to be good or it's not going to be good, you know, and then move on. Trying to rebuild a zinc dam and a zinc lake, and now what I discovered is going to be the bottom of the lake, the new zinc lake. So history tells me from history of petroleum drilling along the river, on the banks, and in the river itself. That's historically um, identified that there's going to be many more seeps just like the one I found. Mm -hmm. And we're not going to know where they are because we're going to cover them up. And then we're going to say we have a lake. And, yeah, go out there and get in your boat and go out in the lake and you know, we're probably going to have another raft race because, boy, that was popular. People <laughs> like drinking beer and getting out in the water, but are we doing them a disservice by allowing them in that water? Mm. So is it your hope that the city will be open and, and the various stakeholders will be open to at least publicizing water testing and doing that on a systematic basis? Is that the first step in that your That would be a great step. I would hate for them to ignore whatever the results show. I mean, if they show things are not as bad as we think they may be, but as long as we have those two refineries sitting there on the shoreline of the river, we know there's there's pollutants who are have plumes coming underneath into the river itself directly. The containment is for a specific purpose, but Aside from that, if you stop a wall of water with a wall, but the water keeps coming, what's going to happen to the wall? Eventually, Mother Nature and her forces are going to go around it, go under it. They're going to find a way, and they're not worried about, you know, what, what they're contaminating. This is just a force of nature dealing with an old refinery. Hmm. So... What that end is, I don't know. But in the meantime, let's at least, if we're going to pour, you know, millions of the taxpayers' dollars into this, we need to be more accountable to the people. Barbara Van Hanken of the group Terra, or the Tulsa Area Arkansas River Advocates, speaking with us here on Studio Tulsa. If you'd like to learn more about the work of this group, 
call 918-671-6217. Well, that's Studio Tulsa for today. Our program is produced and edited by Scott Gregory. The views of our guests and commentators are their own and do not necessarily reflect the views of KWGS or its licensee, the University of Tulsa. I'm Rich Fisher. Thanks for listening.